So why doesn't everyone stand to their feet now? If you could do that, that would be wonderful. Let's give these guys an amazing FOD welcome, even though they've been here for so many years. But we, let's welcome them as they come. Come on. Thank you. Yeah. The sons of God, amen. We are as eager as you are to hear this. <laughs> um, there, there is a, a part where I want to retrace or see where we are situated at, but I'd like to introduce an intro uh, and by the way of speaking about Genesis chapter one. In Genesis chapter one, it says, the he you know, this is the history of the, well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there is a, an emphasis there on the heavens before the earth. But whenever we read Genesis chapter one, we imbibe, we take in really about the earthly creation. And uh, what I want us to see is the spiritual creation behind that. Uh, and hopefully this is for the first time that you're, you're hearing this. And so it begins and says, uh, you know, darkness was on the face of the deep and God said, let there be light. Let me suggest to you that that is when Jesus comes. Boom. Because he is the light of the world. All right, so John 8, verse, uh, John 8, 12. And then the second, that's the first day and God said it was good. In the second day, God uh, separates the waters above the heavens or the firmament from the waters that are below the firmament. In Scripture, wherever there's a separation of waters, it is a picture of death. Um, for example, when Israel, through Exodus chapter 14, they pass through water, they're actually passing through the death uh, of the lamb that was slain in Exodus chapter 12. When Elijah and Elisha are passing Jordan, actually Jordan means d death or descender, but when, when it parts and Elisha and Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 2, they're passing through eternity or passing through death. And so when God separates heaven and, or the waters between above and, and below, that's death. That is a separation in a sense of the waters of the Son and the waters of the Father as well. And so what you're seeing there is God doesn't say it was good on the second day, but on the third day, God then creates the earth and causes the earth or the, the land or the, the ground to come out, out of the, the waters that were under the heavens. And from that place, from that place, he then causes um, plant life to appear. And so he brings forth grass, herbs, and trees uh, according to their kind and, and according to the seed that's held within. If day one is Jesus coming to earth, day two is his death. And day three, when the earth comes out of the waters, it's symbolic of his resurrection. How so? Well. We baptize by full immersion, and underwater is symbolic of death. So when Noah in chapter Noah, so as when Jonah in chapter two goes uh, underwater, symbolic of his death and his journey of Christ's journey to hell. And so likewise, we just saw how they, as they passed through the, the seas that they were passing through death. And so as the earth comes out, remember this <clears throat> that. It's important to realize that every scripture has a mate. And so Isaiah 34 verse 16 says to us that every scripture has a mate. And so as you're reading scripture, 
what goes off inside of you or another scripture, bring the two scriptures together and you'll get a depth of field that you didn't see before. And so it, it's important then that you draw on other scriptures as you're reading through a passage and you'll get a depth there that you never saw before. And that's, that's the revelation that God wants to show you. All right, so on day, on day two, or day three, should I say, so day one, Jesus comes. Day two, he dies. Day three, he's resurrected. Remember in 2 Corinthians, I said that because in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so that earth or that earthen vessel coming up out of the water is symbolic of his resurrection. <clears throat> on day three, God says it was good twice. So there's a blessing on day one. There's no blessing on day two. And there's double blessing on day three. God says it was good twice. And for that reason, Orthodox Jews get married on a Tuesday. That's why in John chapter two, it says there was a wedding at Cana on the third day. So on day four, God sets the sun, the S-U-N, into the sky to have rule and dominion over the day, the S-U-N. So Jesus has come, Jesus has died, Jesus is resurrected, and now on day four, God sets the sun, the S-U-N, of righteousness into the sky, Malachi 4 verse two, to have rule and reign. Malachi 4 verse two says, for those who fear his name, the sun of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. What that means is that God is healing more today than he did when Jesus was walking on the planet. Wow. Day four, God sets the sun to have rule or dominion over the day, but he also sets the moon to have rule over the night. Now, who is the moon and the stars likewise? Now, for signs and seasons, the scriptures say. So who are, or who is, if, if the sun is Jesus, the S-U-N of righteousness, and, and who is then the moon and the stars? Well, in Genesis 37, Joseph has a dream. His father, Jacob, the dream is that the, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars all bow down to Joseph. Jacob, his uh, father, interprets that dream. So obviously dreams was a common language. Maybe a good thing for us to pick up on that. Amen? Don't go so quiet. I'm, I'm plugging dreams, of course. <laughs> a bit of license. Um, and so in, in Genesis 37, when Jacob interprets that dream, he, shall, shall, he says, shall I and your mother and your brothers all bow down to you? The moon is a picture of his bride or his wife. So who is the son, the S-U-N of righteousness? Who is his bride? We are. Corporately, the church or the ecclesia is the moon. And the moon's role then is to look into the glory of the sun and reflect that glory into a darkened world. Now, it says in the stars also. And so the stars are there together with the sun and the moon uh, for signs and seasons. The word signs is literally miracles and the seasons is literally for such a time as this. So every one of us is on the planet right now because we're destined to be here because God created us for this time. 
which is, which is both exciting and we hold in trepidation once you see what is coming down the line. Is that okay? You, 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 a bit of a nervous, nervous giggle there. <clears throat> so day one, Jesus comes. Day two, he's crucified. Day three, he's resurrected. Day four, he's ascended. I think it's fantastic that the church actually celebrate the ascension. A lot of churches stop at the death, burial, and resurrection and fail to celebrate the ascension. Amen? All right, and so day five, God creates um, fish life and bird life out of the water. Now, fish and birds both have wings. Now, fish wings are called flippers and fins. They're just in a different medium. And so... What that is, is anything with the flippers and fins or, or wings is a depiction of a spirit being. And so God creates the spirit beings. And then on day six, as well as the natural. So he's creating all the natural, but beneath the surface of that. Now, let me, let me explain to you the spirit of understanding. <clears throat> Once you're reading a passage of scripture like that, what you need is a spirit of understanding. Spirit of understanding is this. What's standing in front of you, what's under it? All right, it reveals what's under that parable, what's under that dream, what's behind what's standing in front of you. That's the spirit of understanding's role. It'll un unlock what you see. It'll, it'll unlock the facade so that you can see beyond the facade to see the truth behind that facade. When Jesus taught parables, he wasn't teaching parables just to teach the lessons of that particular parable. He was teaching the disciples that parables are the language of heaven. And, and, and the passages of Scripture from cover to cover contain parables with treasure within. And so God's showing us how to mine that treasure as he's teaching the parables in Matthew 13 and so on. Okay, so on day six, he creates all the land creatures and mankind and gives man that dominion. Now, Adam, the first Adam, was a son of God. As subsequent to Adam's fall, everybody else has been a son of Adam. But now God has renewed us through his death, and we'll see that later on tonight when we talk about the blood of Christ, when we can start to really step into what he's created us to be. And so God gave Adam dominion over all of his creation. And so we, you and I, aren't we seated in heavenly places? Amen. And we ha he's also called us, therefore, to be princes and kings with him. And you're going to see that those kings in operation, or you're going to see it demonstrated again later on as we go on, uh, so that we have dominion over all of God's creation, including the spirit realm. Amen? And we need to start to exercise that. And as we go on tonight, you're going to see that um, it's, it's one thing to protest, to, you know, because of what's going on coming down the line to us, but it's another thing to realize we're going to spiritual battle. And the ones who are, have got to operate uh, in that realm are those that know and understand who they are and know their God. And they are the sons of God. Amen? All right. So, honey, do you want to come up? Go down and come up again. No. <laughs> so, what are we talking about? <laughs> you told me you knew. No. Oh, you're doing that? Yeah. I'm doing that. 
All right, so we might um, mention tonight some things that uh, are about um, the things that are coming up and things that are a bit scary and um, we are, do some things in health practices that you know you might work for us that don't might work for you. So if we mention any of those things, you know, if we're just giving our disclaimer and we're coming to back to the ancient past. Um, so God has put in uh, the scriptures the path to, to walk through. And um, we started looking at this stuff probably uh, eight years ago, I think. I saw in Revelation, where, where Rachel's preached before in Revelation 6, where the food becomes scarce. I didn't look at it so much as being short, but if you go into any supermarket, uh, there's only one third of the food that's nutritious these days. And um, also I looked at water because the water gets poisoned in Revelation 8. And even 10 years ago, well, I remember we had um, a uh, thing on, oh, we did, showed it at church. And then I would watch this thing on the truth about cancer. And so then we started to look at water. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going a bit ahead, but we're gonna talk about the garden. Yeah, so just up front, look, this is our disclaimer, we're not health professionals, uh, neither are we horticulturalists, we're just passionate about health and passionate about, you know, gardening, and um, you need to speak to a professional, if you do, if we, if we make suggestions or we tell you what we're doing, don't just jump off and do what we do, alright, you need to check out with somebody who is a professional. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we will look, uh, you'll see that the ancient paths come into this. And God is calling us, you know, why are, why are we facing what we're facing? We're facing what we're facing because we have this incredible opportunity. God is honing us. He's forging us. He's forming us to be sons so that we can be those who carry, rightly carry the glory and demonstrate uh, what it is to be a son of God. And... Um, I think that we are being pushed into a crucible. We are actually being forced into this. All right, it's not something that we would necessarily go, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, you know, because things are gonna get tight. Things are gonna get tough and we need to be real about that. Are you okay? Yeah. Because we all see it coming, I believe. And um, it's, uh, you know, no one would have thought that we'd be standing where we are two years ago after going through that torrid time with the pandemic. Would, is, isn't that true? All right. So I wonder, Ben, if we could show the, the first couple of slides. Um, we want to just acknowledge uh, Shane and Roz for opening up their home and, and their, their property. <laughs> Yeah, it's been like, we enjoy going up the farm so much and it's been so good, but I saw over, from people's stories and what have you, but God was like moving people into strategic positions like on a chessboard, um, September last year, October, November, and then the farm was planted on the 10th of December. Yeah, and then we had harvest and we've partaken of the, the harvest, but really jiggled, um, well, particularly me, because it's taken me, nine months to go from there to here. I used to be, I had to go off the keyboard roster 
and I had to cut my work in half. <laughs> so, um, uh, but what um, we found is that for years, um, a baby, uh, I think maybe nine years ago, I started a Facebook page and we used to do um, workshops on Seeds for Life. It's always been my passion to collect seeds and to grow seeds. And so that's come into the fore at the farm because um, I can encourage people, and not only just for the farm, but in your own home, we want to encourage people as well to do that. And not only that, I was just saying to Adrian before, whenever they show a um, community project on, so we watch Gardening Australia or something, um, it just like, it lights up inside of me. It's like it's something that I want to be part of and I'm really happy that we have our own um, community farm to be part of. So the, I don't know whether Ben, whether you can show a couple of those slides from the community, the farm, yes. Um, I've chosen just a couple of slides. Um, as Leslie's saying there, the big thing for us is community. And one of the things that we're gonna need going forward is a stronger community. And we're gonna absolutely need one another. It could come down to the place where we can't do something corporately like this, but the skills we gain there, we may have to do ourselves individually. I'm, I'm trying to be as real as I can um, but also not freak you out, all right? Because if you, you don't want to be motivated by fear. But we, are, we have a, pa a passion. And um, part of that passion is because I interpret dreams as well. And um, as a co-author of a, a, um, you know, a book that you probably all know about. Um, so why are we doing this, Leslie? <clears throat> well, we're doing it for many purposes. One is to, um, it's a lovely vision to grow food for 50 families and to help with the care packages and to bring nutritious food to our community. But also, um, what I didn't realize when I started saving seeds is like coming into the future, you know, a seed could be a um, form of money, you know, because you could trade with it. Um, also, Going forward, um, you want to think about food security, and uh, they're doing some weird things in Victoria. They've just uh, stopped um, farmers from sharing their produce and their animals with the, their neighbours. So if they can make a law like that in Victoria, guess where else they can make it? Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's about the future and securing food. But not only that, now like you don't know what you buy in the shops, and so if you can get a portion of your own at home or from a good source, you keep better health. Go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you buy fruit from the, from the supermarket or the grocer, it has a series of numbers. If it has four numbers on it, it means it's conventionally farmed. It means it's, it's, it's taken pesticides. If it has five numbers and it has a nine in the beginning of those numbers, it means that it is um, organic. If it has five numbers and it has an eight at the beginning of those set of numbers, it means that it's genetically modified. And the reason that we, I'm letting you know that is because it's much better for your personal health and your family's health if you realize that what you're growing is organic. And what's coming from the farm is organic, all right? And th that's what we stri we're striving to, to keep for Shane and for Roz, is keep their, that status um, 
and keep the farm, as it were, uh, bio-secure, clean, I, I guess, or bio-secure. All right. Um, I interpreted a couple of dreams which really turned me on, and then I saw things happening in our world, and I'm going to show you some of those things that I see unfolding in our world. I deliberately wanted to open up with Scripture, with Revelation, because some of this stuff is a bit dry, all right? And I think we need Revelation to live. I mean, we need manna to live, daily manna. And so let me share just a couple of dreams. <clears throat> so I have a friend who lives three hours north of Adelaide. She lives on the, what you would call the eastern side of the Flinders Ranges. Uh, she uh, has a, a house... Um, just on the edge of the town and outside the town is a mountain or a mount, you wouldn't really call it a mountain, but a mount. And the mount is literally called Moriah. All right, so if you know Genesis 22, you know First uh, Chronicles chapter three is where Solomon built his temple. Well, she goes up there and she prays. She's a seer. Uh, she's, maybe I would call her a rough diamond, but she does hear from God and she sees from God. And so by keeping contact with her. She's a great gardener and she's also very creative. She's better than I am with my hands. Uh, I didn't hear my wife say amen, but... Um, <laughs> it's not handy. <laughs> um, and so she was walking up one day, she was walking up one day to go and, and, and pray. And halfway up Mount Moriah, she has a vision and in the vision, she saw Jesus comforting Mary and Mary is crying. And so she sort of stops, she sees this vision and then Jesus says to her, I've got to go, I've got to go and raise Lazarus. Um, I said to her, I know what that means. Mary is the church. Jesus is comforting the church through a hard time and he's gonna come later than we think to intervene. Ooh. So with that, and with what I see coming, and another dream um, that a 74-year-old engineer, ex-engineer from New Zealand got in contact with me and he said, look, I wanna know whether this is literal or is it figurative, you know, is it a metaphor? And he said, what I saw was, um, I was sort of lifted out of a scene, he said, and I saw this man frantically packing a suitcase and he said, I had a friend or somebody alongside of me and he said, I thought that was the Holy Spirit. And so I said, what's he doing that for? And the Holy Spirit said to him, there's a tsunami coming. And he said, well, should I be packing? And he said, no, no, I want you to rebuild after the tsunami. And so he, he said, okay. He said, and the Holy Spirit said to him, you can commandeer whatever you like. And so he looked out and he saw some high-end cars and he, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't know whether Maseratis or whatever they were, an Aston Martin, no, I don't know, um, <laughs> a BMW or Mercedes, you know, whatever they were. He went, oh, he started to go towards them and he realised, he said, oh no, um, you know, they'll be waterlogged if a tsunami comes through, they'll be useless. And then he saw four aeroplanes in an airfield just a little bit further shaped in a square, you know, facing each other. He said, I remember three of them, I can't remember the, the fourth. The, three, the first one was a, an airplane with the wing over the cockpit. The second one was um, a, a biplane, had an old fashioned two, two wing plane. And the third 
plane that he remembered was a plane with the wing uh, under the cockpit. You know, say maybe a Cessna, I don't know whether the first one was a Cessna, you know, some sort of biplane and so on. So a bygone era. And he went to go towards those, the owners of those planes and they were reluctant, but they allowed him the use of those planes. So I said to him, I know what that means. It means something's coming and the only thing that's gonna survive are those that get into the spirit. And it may well be something, it could be four square, it could be, you know, I, I'm, not, you know I'm not saying it's a church, or, but I believe that it's a picture of the church in some way, shape and form. And I believe it's that those people who can get into the spirit who will be lifted out of what's going on. And I think that God's calling upon us to rebuild after what comes. Now, I have another friend in Colorado who continually puts out information on a telegram channel, like over the top, you know? Like, so I'll be sitting there and there'll be six or seven things come within a minute. I'm there, how can you read that, that quick, you know? Like, anyway, so he has this dream and he's, in the dream, he's built this structure partly underground, so like a bunker. A really strong bunker, steel, you know, like Besser blocks or whatever they call them in, this, in the States. He's got a pump in there to pump out any water that comes because he, he knows something's coming. And he's got two small outlets, two one-inch outlets off this pump. Anyway, the flood comes and the only thing left is him and it's part of the structure. And he went, well, I thought I was, you know, preparing but God's showing that he wasn't. And his preparation is letting everybody know what's coming or what's going on down the line in terms of giving them lots of information, but no spiritual preparation or a lack of spiritual preparation rather than just a load of verses being spat out. Does that make sense? And I think we've got to get, not get caught up with just sending information out for the sake of sending information out because the COVID thing has been killed, all right? Don't send me COVID stuff, please. He also said that um, Jerusalem uh, built the walls to be safe. Yes. Um, one of the things that I think is important for us is that we need a twofold t uh, tactic if we're going to go forward, a strategy to go forward. And that is, we need to be like Nehemiah. We need to have a sword and a trowel. We need to be, be both spiritual and practical. Uh, I started a telegram channel so I could shift out information. No, I started a, a telegram channel because I wanted to... Uh, hit the nail on the head uh, in terms of how to grow things, how to live naturally, realize the important things rather than too much COVID information. And so I started this channel. And when I first labeled it, called it, I called it Trust God and Keep Your Powder Dry. <laughs> so in bygone era, if your powder go away, you couldn't shoot. All right, and so we, we need to be mindful to be both practical but spiritual as well. And first and foremost, have our spirit informed by God. And so it's important you understand that um, what you see now, for me, reinforces what I see. There's a flood coming. And this is not the only flood dream I've interpreted. So as a co-author of the Divinity Code uh, with Adam Thompson, people ply me with dreams. And I, we have partners who ply me with dreams. And so uh, I would say, you know, there's a good three, four, half a dozen of those have been about floods coming. So what is a flood? Well, 
I think the flood is something that's going to overwhelm us or potentially overwhelm us. And I think that we have to be prepared. Are, are you okay? All right, and because what is coming, there is something coming. All right, and we need not to be naive. We need to be harmless as doves and wise as serpents, all right, and not naive. Um, also, like looking over history, this is not really the first time things like this could happen. Like, so in the Industrial Revolution, um, because people were forced into cities and industry, um, people left their home gardens and their families and were, um, you know, found. Well, I used to belong to this uh, girls' group, and we had our history. The history of it was, you know, that was founded in the Industrial Revolution because young women went to the city and they didn't have any friends or connections and so they made these groups so that they could do things together and uh, talk. So um, I'm saying that because we can learn from history and um, be prepared. And it's basically getting heads up, isn't it? Like we're talking some about some of this stuff so that you can be prepared. And sadly, we, I mean, it's not sadly, we are sons of God and we belong to the kingdom of God. And we live in a matrix on the world. And it's pretty scary when you look underneath and see that you've been um, hoodwinked. <laughs> um, I'll just tell one little story because um, I went, oh, so in December, I came out of teaching in schools after 20 years. And um, I went to see the principal and I thought I was, um, at the time, I thought I was fighting for my job, you know, and trying to re retain something. But when I came away from that meeting, I remember coming home, and uh, in the evening it just hit me, I cried because it's not, I'm not fighting for my job, goodness me. The whole world system is like this huge octopus that touches everything. And um, when you see that, even the other day I went, like somebody, I was in Bunnings and they said, oh, you can get free money for the, you know, the seed thing, you know. I said, okay, I'll find out if I can. No, you cannot, right? Because unless you are a registered charity and they know where the money goes, you can't get the money. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll be talking a bit more about that now. Okay. So, Ben, I wonder if you could put the, the, the fourth slide up for us. And this character here, if you can see him, features quite a bit. And um, the Bill Gates of hell... Um, is a good indicator of where this is going. All right. So you'll see that he is involved with financing the vaccines. Uh, he, he's worth $133.5 billion. So he's the fourth richest man on earth. And uh, unfortunately, it's not just with vaccines. And so um, the, the pandemic was one thing. Uh, if you go to the next slide as well, um, Ben... This is his land holdings in the United States. And so he owns 168, or nearly 170 or 69,000 acres. And now as soon as I saw that, what does that tell you? It, it told me straight away, food is gonna be an issue. Food is going to be an issue because this guy is gonna control food. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. Just, you know, someone watching what's going on. And so realize that if this guy's involved 
with vaccines. This guy's involved with land and therefore few, uh, food. Um, if you also show us um, slide six as well, Ben. All right, so now he has, and this support, this was in 2021, he released a book on climate change, also tells you that climate change is gonna be leveraged to, to his end. And for this gentleman, the end justifies the means. And we need to understand. Now, he's not the only person involved, but he's a good indicator of where things are going. Are you okay? And I, I think really the, the Bill Gates of hell is the devil overplaying his hand and giving us uh, indication of what's coming down the line, uh, you know, because he wants to brag, if he were, if you, as it were. Um, and so you know that all the, the geoengineering that's going on is part and parcel of this plan. And in fact, Bill Gates uh, had a plan to block out the sun uh, by spraying the stratosphere. You know, so this guy is really in this whole lock, stock and barrel to try to, um, to depopulate the earth. And we need to wake up. Uh, we also need to wake up and, and realize that we are at war and we have a spiritual foe. Uh, and so life can be from one service to the next or, or the one encounter to the next, but we need to realize that God wants to, us to be schooled in, in a certain direction so that we are um, prepared for what comes. And our burden and Shane's burden with the farm is to get us ready. Right, in a measure, uh, and to um, provide for our means as best we can. All right, now, there is, there is a crisis. So there is a crisis, of, there is supposedly a climate crisis, there has been a health crisis, uh, there is a media and propaganda crisis. None of the media, 90% of media is owned by six families, and so therefore it is slurred Incredibly, it's just a propaganda machine. And we need to realize the more you imbibe that, the more you imbibe the fear that they are projecting. All right, and the number of reasons that they're giving for SADS, sudden adult death syndrome, you know, if you go out in the garden, you'll get sudden uh, uh, adult death syndrome. If you, if you go near a glacier, you'll get sudden adult death syndrome. If you, if you take too many naps in the day, you'll get sudden adult death syndrome. You know, like this, like there's 20 reasons why you might be getting this that are off the charts ridiculous to cover up what they're doing. All right, and so realize that we are at war and 65 to 70% of the people are asleep to this because they're just imbibing dribble. Um, it is a bit scary that, um, put the numbers of... Um, like it's a million people were in Babylon uh, in the Bible. So a million people got taken into captivity, captivity. and in, into Babylon. Yeah. Yep. And only forty-two thousand came out. All right. So that's four percent. Four percent of who went in came out. That's a remnant. All right, isn't it? All right. We have to be part of the remnant because God's looking to us as the remnant. Now. Bill Gates is also involved in Holland, and I, I'm not sure, I think I do have a slide. You know, have you seen, hopefully you've seen the commotion that's going on in Holland where the, pro, the farmers' protests? 
All right, so they're, they're talking now, of, this is the fifth of the farms. There's 54 or 55,000 farms in Holland. Uh, they're, they're talking of shutting down 11,000 of them to meet their carbon quota or their carbon emissions, you know. Uh, and so to re reduce uh, carbon being uh, extracted, as it were, into the atmosphere. Now, Bill Gates happens to own or be a partner with um, a supermarket, a sustainable supermarket, which means it's using other things, things and selling things other than beef, like man-made beef and crickets and things like that. And so, uh, do, you, do you know who Edward Snowden is? All right, Edward Snowden says, you might be laughing about eating bugs, but you will be eating bugs. I mean, this is a guy who's on the inside of what's going on, says that we will be eating bugs. So we need to be careful. We need to be aware and not, not frivolous with the fact that what appears to be coming down the line. Is this sobering for you? I believe it is, it is for us. There's a fuel crisis, there's an energy crisis, there's a supply crisis, there's a service crisis as people are taken out. Do you know that they're talking about us eating, or sorry, drinking sewage water? And in Singapore, they're experimenting making beer with sewage water already. All right, so th this stuff's happening. And uh, <laughs> there's a... Ben, have you got that picture where... Um, have you got that picture with... Um, where is it? Oh, slide 14. Can we go to slide 14? Uh, so six months ago, we were, six months ago, we were saving granny and now we're gonna eat her. Now, these things are being seriously being considered. And so we need to realize we are at war. This is no game, all right? And then you, this is crazy stuff. This is, this, this is real. And we need to get, we need to wake up. Um, yeah. Oh, yes, okay. So what slide's that, Leslie? Can you see that? I can't see it. So slides 10 and 11, thanks. We um, certainly did laugh when we heard that Bill Gates wanted to darken the sun, which was foolish, um, I must say. This is a documentary you can see on um, YouTube. It's one year old. It's a bit long, but it um, shows the technology they're using to um, put um, crystals into the atmosphere. Can't remember what, which ones. Um, to make it rain um, when it shouldn't be raining, etc. And um, of course, we've seen people post now pictures of um, in Australia, they're doing it as well. They actually do it out of the University of Wollongong. They have the department there where they send out this. And down in Tasmania, they've got a you know, complaint because of the floods that were down there and why were they spraying. But will anything happen from that? Because who's doing it? Like, who is sending it out? It's obviously not the government. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that is quite an enlightening thing. So there's the aircraft. It's um, patented in 2008 to carry that payload and spray the atmosphere. All right. And so they've been doing it 
experimenting under Malcolm Turnbull. He financed here, here in Australia back in his day. All right, and so there are all these crises that are there. There's a financial crisis, there's a supply crisis, there's a health crisis, you know, you name it. Uh, there's a, there's gonna, there's a, a food crisis. And so we need to realize, uh, rather than be fearful and panicking, we need to have a heads up and understand that our God knows us and, and is giving us information and providing for us. So he can provide for us supernaturally, but I think that we can position ourselves so we can receive from him supernaturally, receive the miracles, but also take practical steps. Because when Jerusalem was in famine, Paul called Corinth to take contributions to feed them. You know, when David built the walls around Jerusalem, Hezekiah built the walls around Jerusalem, um, Nehemiah went back to rebuild the walls around Jerusalem. All these men were men of faith, but they also had to do practical things. And we need to do both. We need not to be naive. We need to both build the walls around our own bodies, all right? And there's lots more information that we can give, you know. If we do go into famine, you want to look like everybody else. You don't want to look like you are too, you're too well, you know, supplied. Does that make sense? You, and, the, you know, there's technology, you know, that can tell who you are, obviously from facial recognition, but the way you walk. And so in the future, you'll have to change your gait, the way that you walk. You'll have to change your, your appearance to avoid this detection. Do you know that they run a show on Channel 10, it's called The Hunted. And what they're doing, I believe they're doing, is this. So what they do is they release couples or two people and they give them 21 days to avoid detection. And the people who are chasing them have facial recognition and they have also that recognition that sees their cars and can identify their cars. And so they, they're able to tap into their ID plates and they're able to tap into CCTV. And they have to track them down. And one day or 24 hours out of being extracted, they're told where their extraction zone is from a phone call. But that phone call, as soon as they make that phone call, it's released to the people who are hunting them. Now, it's my thoughts that what they're doing, I don't think the TV stations, for them it's a win-win, but the people who run the TV stations are working out some of the ways in which we would try to avoid detection. All right, and whoever's successful, then they'll shut that down in the future. Does that make sense? And it's filmed in Victoria. Um, so you, you gotta stay, you gotta stay in Victoria for 21 days without detection, and then you gotta make a phone call 24 hours before extraction and get to an extraction point without getting detected or, or so, and that's like a, a game as it were, all right? A TV reality show, all right? And so if you wanna get the $10,000 prize money, you've gotta make it through 21 days without being detected, all right? And so. All they're doing is they're finding out all the ways that you can slip through the net. Okay, so big tech is in cahoots with all of these things that are going on. And so, uh, you know, shall, shall I start off by saying, ring, 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 ring? Ring, hello? <laughs> is, is, this, is this Domino's Pizza? Uh, no, sir, it's Google Pizza. Oh, I must have rang, dialed the wrong number, sorry. Oh, no, sir. Um, Google bought Domino's Pizza last month. Oh, I would like 
to order a pizza then. Do you want your usual, sir? My usual? You know me. According to the caller ID data sheet, the last 12 times you called, you ordered an extra large pizza with three cheeses, sausage, pepperoni, mushroom, and meatball on the thick crust. Super, that's what I'll have. May I suggest that this time you order a pizza with ricotta, rocket, sun-dried tomatoes, olives, and whole wheat gluten-free thin crust? What? I don't want a vegetarian pizza. Your cholesterol is not good, sir. <laughs> How do you know that? Well, we cross-reference your mobile phone number with your medical records. We have the results of your blood tests for the last seven years. Okay. <laughs> but I don't want your rotten vegetable pizza. I already take medication for my cholesterol. Excuse me, sir, but you have not taken your medication regularly? <laughs> According to the databases, you purchased only a box of 30 cholesterol tablets, once from Terry Wright Chemist. Four months ago. I bought more from Chemist Warehouse. That does not show on your bank statement. I paid cash. But you did not withdraw enough cash, according to your bank statement. I have other sources of cash. That does not show on your latest tax return unless you bought them using an undeclared income source, and that's against the law. What's the? I'm sorry, sir. We use this information only for the sole intention of helping you. Enough already. I'm sick of, I'm sick of Google, Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and all the others. I'm going to an island without the internet, TV, where there's a, no phone service, and no one's going to watch me or spy on me. I understand, sir but you need to renew your passport first. It expired six weeks ago. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> All right. um, so Ben, if you look to, like to put up slide 15 for us, I believe there are two paths before us and uh, my old work part partner, Adam Thompson, a long time ago prophesied and saw in the future that, that the paths, two paths are being set before us and there'll be a division that takes place within the church. And some will go towards the way of Lot and the others will go towards the way of Abraham. And um, we wanna be those that go towards Abraham. I think that we are coming into, if we're not already there, we're coming into that decision time. Um, and if you would like to put up um, that uh, Jeremiah 6 verse 16 for me. So it says there, this is the reference, of course, to one of the references to the ancient paths in Scripture. Thus says the Lord, stand by the ways or the derrick, you know, and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find, and you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. What I like about this is we've been hearing about entering into his rest and entering into his rest is found in taking uh, or walking the ancient paths. Now, the word Derek, just a little bit, uh, the, the, the word way is the Hebrew word Derek. Can you see that? No, yes, definite maybe. Um, 
This word is made up of three Hebrew letters. It's, and in Hebrew, they, 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 they write the other way around. So it's a dalit. It's a, a resh or a resh, it would be pronounced, and a kaf. Uh, that's a door. That's a person. And that is a hand, a cupped hand. Derek, or the way, means the door, the inner person, opens. So a way, we get on the way, the truth and the life, by opening an inner door. But it's also, these two letters here, in Hebrew, are a subroot, And together, the door and the person also spell a generation. And so a way, or the derrick, is the door a generation opens. So <clears throat> that's a spiritual door that a generation opens. We have incredible opportunity, what we're doing or what's taking place at Moonta for us to step into a door that somebody's already opened or a well that somebody else has already opened. It may well be that you have forebears, someone who's gone before you, who's already dug a well or made a way. Your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents or their great-great, you know, someone has made a way. And ultimately, Jesus, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. <clears throat> now, that is part and parcel of the ancient paths. Um, I think I, what I would like to do is be able to bring Leslie in on, on this. And so what I want to do is um, I want to show you the ancient paths. Do you know the scripture in Revelation 12 verse 11? And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. And so, is that going to... And so, when in the natural, how would you write that? So what three things would you pick out? So I would pick out the word blood. Uh, the word of their testimony, I'd go word. Well, what third word would you choose there? Spirit? Would I put death there? Or would I put life there? I reckon I'd put life there. All right. When I first used to read that, and every time I've heard of preachers preach this, they normally preach these two words here. They don't preach that because they don't want to go that, that way. Because everyone, when they hear this verse, they think it think, speaks of martyrdom. And they go, ooh, I don't necessarily want to hear a message on martyrdom. But it's bigger than martyrdom. It's much, much broader than martyrdom. And so if we were to open up um, scriptures, we'd find um, that that place there is the place that we're heading to. Um, this, so this is the way, the truth, and the life through the tabernacle and through the temple, all right? 
But there's a guy in Matthew chapter 8 who's a centurion, and Jesus marvels at his faith. And he says to him, look, just say the word, and I know that my, that my servant will be healed. And Jesus goes, whoa. You know, like, he goes, the centurion goes on and he says, look, uh, I'm a man under authority. Uh, I have men under me. I have soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. I say to this one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, I say, do this, and he does it. All right, and so there are three characters there. Now, in Hebrew, the word for king is um, melech. In Hebrew, it's M-E-L-E-C-H. <clears throat> That's made, that comes from two root words, mala and leka. It means go, come, or come, go. Well, the centurion just said, I say, come, go. And they do it. And so what he's actually, Jesus is marveled at, is that this guy operates like a king. He's under authority, and he's a king. This, this, this guy is operating as a son. Now, he also says, I have soldiers under me. And I have servants. <clears throat> Where's the battlefield? In the mind. Is that right? So the king, your king is your spirit. And someone shouted that out before. Spirit. This is your soul. And this is your body. This is the ancient paths. It's, it's concealed, but it's repeated over and over again so that you can't miss it. <clears throat> what, does a son, what does it look like for a son who's about to step into sonship and operate in sonship? Well, let's think about Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. So what does it look like for a son? The devil comes to him and says, If you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. And he comes to him because he's coming to him as a man. He's coming to, to, to tempt him or test him as a man, just as he defeated Eve and Adam in the garden. And so he comes and he hits him with the lust of the, uh, lust of the flesh. And then he says to him, look, look at all this glory. It's all been given to me and I'll give it to whoever I will if you'll just come down and worship me. And Jesus, well, Jesus says to him here, he says to him, <clears throat> lust of the flesh, he says, man does not live by bread alone. <clears throat> man does live by bread. And uh, we will talk to you about how bread's been hybridized and changed. And so the bread that we're eating is not the bread that Moses spoke about and wrote it in the Scripture. Did you know that the, the bread that Moses spoke about in Scripture was um, emma? Einkorn was the original wheat. And then another, there was another wheat called emma. And it had something like 14 chromosomes. But today, it's been hybridized to carry 48 chromosomes. And that's where all of our gluten problems have come. All right, and so what happens is this. Um, it has been so mucked up. What happened in the 19, from the 1950s, and Leslie will go into the fact that uh, health system has been changed and now we're under the system of allopathic medicine. But the bread that we eat is not the bread from Scripture. But what I wanted you to point out 
without the lecture on about the bread, the, the role and how bread's been changed, is this. Um, well, let me just say this. The, in the history of wheat, um, they hybridized wheat in the 1950s through the 1970s. First of all, they increased the, the, the protein content. Is Jeff and Mary here? I can't really see. Oh, yeah. So Jeff would know this uh, um, as an uh, agronomist or as an agricultural guy. And so they increased the, wheat con the uh, protein content uh, of the wheat. And because they did that, then the weight of the wheat increased. And so they had to shorten the wheat, otherwise it would lodge or break with the weight on it. And so they had to shorten it, but when, by shortening it, they could also get more crops out of it per year. And so they can grow two or three crops a year of, of wheat, and they were experimenting in Mexico when they produced this stuff. But just to, to say this, Jesus didn't say that we don't need bread, I mean, as in food. He said we don't live on it alone. But we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus defeats the devil in the lust. In, now, if you are gonna be called to a, a, a mission, you're gonna complete your scroll. You have a mission and you're gonna walk into your scroll. You're gonna complete whatever God's got for you. You're starting to prepare yourself. Straight away, you will be attacked with the lust of the flesh. And whether, whether that's a dream, a lustful dream, whether that's um, you know, uh, overeating or whatever it is that the devil can get to you physically, he will get to you physically. He will attack your body if he can to get you dissuaded. Are you okay? Yes. If you understand this, then when the mission's called for, you'll know what to expect as it comes because Jesus has shown us. All right, and so this is your physical body. So Jesus defeats this attack by drawing from here. And so he's graduated from this because he already knows this. And when he comes here and he says, I'll give you all these things, he says to him, worship the Lord thy God and him only shall you serve. And so to defeat that attack, he draws from the spirit realm. He draws from the fact that what it means to, to know God, and this is also wisdom, <laughs> understanding. And knowledge. This is the not head knowledge, but this that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, being conformed to his sufferings and death. And so when you when you've been called for a mission, realize that you will get a lust of the flesh attack, you'll get a lust of the eyes attack, and you will get a pride of life attack. Are you okay? So, it is great, it is great because it prepares you ahead of time. You know what's coming, all right? And this is how, it, this is how he works. It'll just, it, the same attacks. Don't get drawn aside. This is what happened last time for you and I. You were just flicking through Facebook and suddenly these ads came up of things that you're interested in and you went, oh, actually I wouldn't mind. Oh, does it come in that color? Oh yeah. And we suddenly got distracted and our idol drew our attention. Is, are you there? And hey, the devil says, I've got him. And our focus took, was taken from our mission or our calling and our love of God onto some other thing. And it was watered down. Our, our affection for Christ was watered down. This is what we've been hearing, isn't it, on Sundays as well? All right, it's just in another form. And so 
these are the ancient paths. And it's all the way through Scripture. And next week I'll open up more. But what I wanted to do here is this. Um, maybe I'll just complete this with the blood tonight then, Leslie, and then get you to come up. Is that all right? How are we going for time? Okay. So I wonder if you could just show that, that first blood slide for me. Now, we st- now, in Hebrew, the word for blood is dam. Dalit mem. Now, you see those red letters down through each of the, the words there. So you, you see the English word on the left, you see the Hebrew through the middle, and then you see what it actually means in understanding on the right-hand side. Every one of those red letters is the word blood hidden in those other words. So the word blood is in blood, it's in Adam, it's in tears, it's in ground, it's in blood, plural, and it's in silence. Does that make sense? Watch, let me show you. So Adam is first blood, Aleph blood. Right, so he's first blood. Adam was drawn from the dust of the ground, and so Adamah means where Adam came from. So ground is where Adam's drawn from, but it's the, the blood of the ground. Adam was red and ruddy because he was drawn from the dust of the earth. <clears throat> so ground. Blood, the plural, is damim. So more than us bloods is damim. When Jesus died, and, and silence, let me explain this. Perhaps if you go to the next slide, I can put it together for them. <clears throat> Adam fell he was drawn from the dust of the earth but when he was made of blood you got adam but when jesus blood and tears which is also dima or blood fell to the ground you need to understand that the ground or the earth was called to witness against mankind deuteronomy 4 verse 26 i call heaven and earth as a witness if you break this law then this is what's going to happen I'm going to curse the land. Are you okay? But what I'm saying to you here is this, that when, Adam, when Adam's blood, or when Adam fell, Jesus redeemed us by his blood falling to the ground because the ground witnessed. And when his tears fell to the ground, the ground witnessed the payment being made. All right, now when Jesus dies, he cries he cries compassion over the death of Lazarus. He cries over Jerusalem. All right. So his blood is a cost to your body. Tears are a cost to your soul. Yeah. You get hurt on the inside and you cry. Does that make sense? All right. So when Jesus blood, tears, and then gives up his spirit, he's given his all in debt payment. And so therefore, if we go to the next, the next slide, uh, Ben, um, oh, actually, go back to, can we go back to the first one? Sorry. Then, then the enemy is brought to silence because of the blood and the retribution and the payment that's been made. So the enemy has nothing to accuse us of because of the blood of Christ. This is important because it's the ground on which we stand. Does that make sense? Because if once we understand this, then we stand in 
the authority or the power of the blood of Christ that's already paid the price for the things or the transgressions that we've done. As long as we confess or the person that we're praying for confesses or admits or you know, we, we, we take a, a responsibility for generational things that have taken place, the enemy has nothing but silence in response or can say nothing because of the price that's been paid. And so the complete cycle's been made. And then finally, that last, the last slide, Ben, also has the word like, which, means, which is dharma, and it means that we're of the same DNA because we're like him. Because of his blood that fell to the ground, we're kin. We are then true sons of God because of his blood that fell to the ground for us. And God's calling us to step into that fullness. That's good, Adrian. Um, so on blood, well, it's one thing I just have been thinking about is like, but it's so hard when um, so many people left Jesus when he said, drink my blood. Yeah. But partly that's because in uh, Leviticus 4, uh, there's a statute that you should never drink blood. So you can understand they were coming against, like that was against them to receive that. But I'm speaking about what's in your blood. <clears throat> Is that right? Yeah. yeah. All right, so to be healthy, you need to have um, nice red blood in your veins. And um, I have a little story to tell. Okay, so I don't know, the ones that you know me, I like to be healthy <laughs> and do healthy things. And I had been doing a lot of healthy things, uh, special kind of fasts and um, taking in some products and all this stuff. And anyway, we went off on to Colorado. Adrian had done a blood test uh, about two years before and it had some unusual things in your blood, didn't you? Anyway, so here I come. I think, oh, my blood will be better. <laughs> All right, so it's a lie. So he said, we'll better go to this um, sort of naturopathic person in Colorado and she does a uh, live blood analysis where they take a drop of blood out of your finger and they do um, one between a slide and then they dry some off and do one from the dried blood as well. So what your blood is meant to look like is like circles of cells with not sticking together and they have a lot of glow around them because they've got oxygen in them. So in my blood, um, or I also backtrack, we have been using this product that was uh, a parasite cleanse for a while, and we took a while, we were away as well. Anyway, so in my blood, she said, it looks like you live with him. Um, anyways, there were skeletons of large parasites in my blood. I'm going, oh, well, at least they're dead, but what were they doing there? And then, <laughs> there were live ones, smaller ones, blood fluke, amoeba, which is, you know, you'll hear about those, it's nasty stuff. And, and of course, of course uh, candida, candida, which she said 20 years ago, nobody had candida in their blood, but now maybe 80% 80 80 of people have it, all right? Which is the basis, which from my th knowing is the basis of cancer. Um, also, there was, um, wait for it, you won't like this one. There's a sugar crystal in my blood. This is only one drop of blood, and I hadn't been eating much sugar. Uh, maybe had a few glasses of wine because it's the holidays and maybe one um, worth is, you know, mint thing. Anyway, I said, what's that doing there? She goes, it's a toxin. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So, to have healthy blood, right, you, just a couple of things we'll backtrack on. You need oxygen in your blood. And um, the quickest way to get oxygen in your blood is to get to walk, um, to exercise, but exercise enough that you're, you start breathing heavily. And you only need to do that for 30 seconds. Have a rest and do it for another 30 seconds. Have a rest and do it for another 30 seconds. And then you'll increase the oxygenation in your blood and your blood will be redder and more healthy. Um, if you have any digestive issues, you need to get onto that quick smart. I'll backtrack telling you that the, the medical system that we have today is only 113 years old. And do you ever run, wonder when, I wonder all the time, how did mankind survive those other 2,000 years without a medical system that puts pills into them? And just this week, I, I could tell you lots of stories, but um, even in veterinary science, like, um, I will tell you the story because it's like a, a mini version of what's happened the last two years. So we had a, a boxer dog that we loved dearly and um, we bred her. She had five, five, seven beautiful puppies. They went all around the state. They were fantastic. And then we bred her again and um, she, she was pregnant. And then the, the message came, you know, the letter, uh, you have to get the parvovirus injection for the dog. All right? And so it goes like this. If you don't get the injection, you can't bring the puppies to the vet. You can't bring the dog to the vet. So you're in this catch-22 situation, which many people have found themselves in these last two years. What should I do? If I don't do this, I'm not in the system. I'm out of the system. You know, so it's something you have to make a choice on. Well, it wasn't what I wanted to choose, but we chose to get the injection. And... Um, the five puppies were born, one had a cleft palate, and another one was a runt and uh, didn't last too long. Of course, the, the one with the cleft palate could have had an expensive operation to correct it, but um, I have a book at home that tells you how to cleanse your body so that people, or women particularly, would have healthy babies. Because pastors have asked me before, how come babies are born with cancer? How come babies are born sick? But it comes through the, the system. All right, so unless you take time to listen to your body and to understand what's going on, then you'll, you'll fall foul of the system. So in um, December, uh, as I was said before, fighting for my job, <laughs> Um, I couldn't get a doctor's appointment. Not that I wanted to see a doctor. I only wanted to sign a form. My um, clinic that I went to for 25 years, not that I went every 25 years, um, but the children went there and everything, had changed hands, I didn't know. But um, when I rang them up, they said, you're not a patient. You haven't been for three years. You have to have been a come in the last year. So suddenly I was out of the system. <laughs> and I, I, couldn't I couldn't enter. So, so if, if they, they can do that, that then, that was at the end of the two years, years they can do it any time. And um, if, if there's, there's any way you can start to think how you can exist outside of that system, then start thinking of it now. And, um, you know, we, uh, that's why we go like the track of doing things without pharmaceuticals if we can. 
There's nothing wrong with, I mean, there's good doctors and there's nothing wrong, you need them for some things, all right? But if you can remember that 113 years ago, you didn't have the option of going to a doctor. Also, you should think about a couple of generations back, what were they eating? Because most of the food that we have today is, was not on the menu uh, probably a couple of generations ago, including what we did our little skit on pizza. Pizza didn't come to Adelaide probably until 1970. All right, it was never here before that. Um, some people will remember there was never any pizza shops. I remember going the first time to the Pizza Hut and didn't know what to order. <laughs> All right, but yeah, there's a few things you can do to like, um, you should be drinking two liters of water today, a, a day. Your, body, uh, your kidneys can take 1.8 liters, uh, yeah, liters, and that will uh, flush through your blood. Um, should I talk about water? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so about eight years ago, I was, <laughs> I was thinking like, like what if you know, like say you had a disaster, what's the most important thing? Now you can go 100 days without food. Ta-da! <laughs> you might look skinny, but you can survive. But you can only go three days without water. And in fact, I was looking at, um, oh, so when they, um, you know, the bitter waters in, what, what is that, Exodus? Yeah, Exodus. They come across the Red Sea and then they go three days into the wilderness and then they find bitter water, all right? So you can go three days without water. So you wanna get some sort of clean water source. Um, and so we went with, like this took time, we bought rainwater tanks. Oh, Adrian is going to speak. <laughs> Daryl just reminded me that he said he, he did Exodus 15 last night though. Um, it's interesting, Exodus 15 is the first place where Jehovah Rapha is found and it's at, at bitter water. And what, what that suggests is this, <clears throat> that the body that is healed comes from, the bitter water is a picture of a concave heart, a person's heart, and that bitterness is what they were carrying within themselves. So God was actually showing them that he could heal them but he had to heal them, or they have to heal their attitude and their hearts first before he could heal their physical being. And so what, he sh what he's showing is this, that a lot of physical healing has its foundation in the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions. Yeah, and I'll, I'll talk about that next week too. I've got a, like some tools or resources you can use to... Um, Go around this bit here, healing in the soul, especially emotional healing. Um, God taught me through being in this church how to be emotionally healed. Have you ever heard of um, Brother Rob and Sister Sandpaper? Well, you find them in every church. <laughs> and they're there to wear down those things that shouldn't be there. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're doing, yeah, do a bit of exercise. Um, so you need to get some clean air. Uh, it's really good to get in the garden. <laughs> so go in nature somewhere, at least once a week, get some clean air. Go to the farm, the farm has lots of clean air. And also like, the fact that you get into the soil, grounds you, and we even started this this week. <laughs> Again, um, if you go barefoot on the grass, you can clear up 
the blood sticking together as well because there's electrical current going through you. And um, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, I, there's a, uh, jury's out. Like, I only go five minutes. It's so cold in the morning. <laughs> well, I'll tell you while we're on that. Um, another few things. If you want to boost your immunity and your, your the uh, blood going out to your peripherals, right, out to your um, skin and everything, you'll love this one. All right, so uh, after you have your three-minute shower, have a 30-second cold shower. All right, so you feel like a fruit tingle. <laughs> Be hot on the inside and cold on the outside. But it's there's a guy that... <laughs> now, remember, you're disciples. <laughs> So, so it, it is, is like agent showing you the way, way but like we, you bat it around, you know, that it, it's, it's a narrow path, path. It's, it's, you, you push down, down on like this compressed path to go on. And not only that, we're, we're called disciples, the disciplined ones, but the ones that walk in that, that narrow way, all right? So like there's no judgment on anybody, like, you know, whatever you're doing, but start to think about some different things that would take you forward. I, I personally, personally would like, like to live as long as, long as I'm supposed to live. To live. Uh, did, uh, you did you know just today, today Olivia Newton-John Newton died? died. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, like there's, there's people, people popping off everywhere. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I didn't slur my words, but okay. <laughs> Wait, do you, you want, want to, to talk, talk anymore? anymore? <laughs> After that. <laughs> it's, um, it's really important to get sunshine. So vitamin D is really critically important. And so we need to spend time in the sun. Uh, vitamin D is a is critical factor for us. It helps our immunity, but it also helps our heart and our, and our circulatory system as well. So we should get in the sun. Get some fresh air, like Leslie says. What about sleep, Leslie? Yeah, you need a six to eight hours sleep uh, evening, usually better in the evening than in the day. And so what, if you get into the sunshine for 10 minutes a day, it sets your, um, your, your rhythms for sleeping, as well as vitamin D. Now, there were two great world leaders, Margaret Thatcher, and Ronald Reagan, who bragged that they could live on five hours sleep a night. But both of them had dementia and Alzheimer's. And so they're suggesting that if you don't get enough sleep, eight hours sleep a night, you could be heading into that category. It's important to get eight hours sleep. All right, it's also important, um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh. Right, you should have temperance in all things, all right? So Paul says, what does Paul say? Well, all things are good, but they're not, not everything's good for you. Sorry, I think he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Yes, all right. <laughs> well, that has nothing to do with temperance, but um, they say that even like too much healthy stuff will, is not good for you. 
too much. Well, everyone's saying amen out there. (laughs) (laughs) Too much uh, sleep is not good for you, right? Uh, Too much exercise is not good for you. But you should have moderation in everything. So it's an old idea to have temperance. Actually, I remember when, um, so I I remember stuff like this. We never had, um, I remember my, my sister's 21st, she was 21, she's 10 years older than me. And my brother and I ate the leftover chips and whatever drink they made, like soda pop or whatever. And that was because we never got it, right? You never had it, you only had it for parties. But then as I was a teacher the last few years, um, walking around at recess, you see the children's lunchboxes, they have uh, what we had every now and again, they have every day. So everyday foods became, um, you know, once in a while foods became everyday foods. Even my mother used to say like, they, when they were children, they were overjoyed to get one orange at Christmas, all right? So it was something that they weren't used to getting. So today we live in, um, Really, we're in like a, a very small percentage of the world that lives in huge abundance. Most of the world lives on a dollar a day and they live day to day and get their food day to day. Um, they don't store up food and they don't have shops to go to. <laughs> you know, our God has given us a, an abundance of resources. Do you know that there is a, a mushroom uh, Mycelium is the, the, the root of the mushroom. And certain mushrooms have certain characteristics. Do you know that uh, lion's mane mushrooms have been shown and proven to reconnect people's degenerative brains, increase memory, but also to, to turn around dementia and reconnect. And so God, God has got resources for us that we need to be aware of. And... Um, do you know there is a there is an enzyme that's produced by the the um, silkworm cocoon, or is produced by the you know the caterpillar that becomes a butterfly uh, in a silkworm. It's called serapaptase, and what this enzyme does is they now produce it outside of the silkworm itself, but they discovered it through the silkworm because the silkworm will produce it to, you know, in a way destroy the cocoon that it was in. But what it does is it eats away um, non-organic material within the body. And so it can, it can deal with scars in a person. It can deal with plaque in a person's arteries. And there, so there are lots of things that we can tap into uh, that God's given us and that we need to awaken to. And so next week we'll open up some more of those, those things and show you uh, what they look like, all right, and so that we can start to tap into that. Now next week what we want to do is we want to take uh, our authority uh, as sons of God into the courts of heaven, all right, and we want to be able to make proclamations and declarations and prayers and, as it were, um, I guess it's a pleading before God or a, a bring a case before God for us uh, where we sit right now based on what Christ has achieved for us. Are you okay? Yes. All right, so that um, the land which has been called to witness and also because of, you know, because of what we've done, what our forebears may have done or what some of the things that we may have done unawares can be undone. 
all right? Um, some of our attitudes, some of the words we speak have locked us into um, uh, a lifestyle that hasn't seen the fullness that we want it to be or see. Now, do you understand what the devil uses against us? When Adam, sorry, Adam, when David faced Goliath, how did David kill Goliath? Well, he cut off his head, but the first thing he did was he hit him with a stone. That stone came out of a sling. All right, now, a circle has no beginning, no end. It's eternal. And so there it symbolizes the spirit. All right, and so as he flies and fires that, that's a revelation coming out of his spirit that downs Goliath. But the stone doesn't kill Goliath, and somebody quite rightly said that he cuts off his head. But what does he cut off Goliath's head with? Goliath's sword. Goliath is a picture of the devil. And David, the beloved, is a picture of Christ. He's like a lamb to the slaughter. But in dying on the cross, he totally defeated the devil. And when, he draw, when David draws Goliath's sword, he's actually showing us the devil uses the word of God against us. So that sword is a picture of the word of God that the devil uses against us. So the, the devil leverages the word of God against you and I. We need to understand what it is we can leverage to, to balance that accus those accusations. As the accuser of the brethren, we need to cancel those accusations. A lot of the times, we are our own worst enemies. We, it's what we've said to ourselves. It's what we've said about a situation that the devil holds us to because the Bible does also say that life and death is in the power of the tongue and those that love it will eat its fruit. And so the devil listens to us when we're cussing. He listens to us when we say this and say that. Oh, that I can never do that. And we bound ourselves. Do you know the words bind and loosing? Jesus was bound. They tried to bind Jesus in his words. Do you, do you understand that? And so they tried to catch him. They said, well, who's, who's you know, like he goes, show me that, that coin. Who's, whose figure's that on there? He said, well, Caesar's. Well, painted Caesar, those things that are Caesar's, under God, those things that are God's. They were trying to catch him in his word so that they could bind him. And so they, in a sense, they were trying to bind a rope around him and find a reason to take him to court to, so he could be accused, all right? So that the devil, in a way, could accuse him as well. And therefore, he's got sin against him. Right, but we need to understand how to undo those things. And so next week, we're going to address those things. And I'll just say on that too. I learned this story um, of the Hopi Indians in um, uh, New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. So uh, this guy had to study language. That was his university um, PhD or whatever. And so he, he reluctantly went to study these Indians. And as he stayed with them and learned their language, what he found in their language was there were no words for, um, war, you know, hate, war, no, no negative words. No, like, words that would, like, um, you know, like we have maybe or something like, no indefinite words. And this particular tribe was unusual in all of the American Indian tribes is that they never had war. And most Indian tribes were warring. And we saw where they lived up on a mesa. They built a city and they made a hollow in the middle of the, the mesa that collected the water so they could be secure when there was a raid on. And 
when it was peaceful, they would farm down on the land, down the bottom, and get their stores. But that, this was a tribe that had no words in their language for negative stuff. So what he um, um, saw from that was that your language is an operating system. Much as you um, uh, uh, put code into a computer and make that work by a language, so the language is in us, and the language we use is the operating system that we run under. So you might be very careful what you say, because uh, loose words will bind you up, as you said. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, do you have communion with you there right now? I think it would be really great for us to close this tonight with communion. Um, and being mindful, uh, Ben, could you put that blood, that series of blood Hebrew words up there. I think every time you have communion, we have the opportunity to access a dimension in Christ in, in the kingdom. And uh, we have, we've heard tonight about blood, <clears throat> Tears, payment, complete payment being, being made through Christ's death and his blood and tears being shed uh, upon the cross. Um, I think it would be a, a perfect opportunity for us, or, or it would be remiss of us to miss an opportunity here uh, not to thank Christ for the fact that all of our debt is completely paid. And now we understand in the background what was taking place when, when his blood was shed, but also that the enemy has to be silenced. That voice that goes off and condemns you for this, that, or the other has to be silenced in Jesus' name. And so, Father, tonight we thank you for the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your love that you would send your son to die for us. And Lord, we do thank you that you have paid the full price and that you have totally silenced that devil on our behalf and our debts are completely paid. And so let's eat and drink in thanks for what Christ has achieved for us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hopefully that wasn't too disjointed and that you received some insight on another level this evening. Uh, next week we want to take it into more a practical um, and show you some of those applications and things that you can do. Maybe we'll talk about the very best exercise that you can do. I'm not quite sure what we will open up, but... There's a, there's, there's, there's a plethora of things that we can go into and that um, Leslie's been tracking for years and I've been, been dragged, al dragged along, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's great to be able to speak to you and um, yeah, we'll fill in some other things next week. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, God bless you guys.
Wasn't that absolutely excellent? Let's thank these guys again. That was just so, so good. So good. I'm sure that many people have started to rethink what they'll be eating this evening for their... Oh, not many. And no, I'm just joking. That was really, really amazing. Thank you so much, guys. And thank you to everyone uh, coming to us on live stream tonight. How many people are, are excited about next Tuesday night? I feel like we're getting so much and we're going to leave, uh, I think, at the end of next Tuesday with this whole new internal portfolio of the way that we need to operate, not just the sons, but the way that we need to operate in our natural bodies and what we need to do to uh, access this longevity of life that God has given us as a result of, I can just feel something right now. I always, you, as you know, know me well, I always pause. Can we just stand up just for a second? Let's just receive something in the spirit. Just, I'm just gonna pray. In fact, why don't you come and pray for us? There's just something here in the atmosphere and I, I just feel like the Lord just wants to do something. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would release the spirit of wisdom and understanding and that you would emboss that which we need to remember upon our hearts, Lord, that you would um, impregnate us with truth and that you would address those areas of our lives that perhaps you want us uh, to work on so that we can step into the fullness of what you have for us. Because every one of us wants to be bearers and carriers of your glory. And Lord, and if we have to take charge of the servant, the body, if we have to bring the soldiers and marshal those soldiers into order, our thoughts, our will, and our emotion before we can truly operate as a king. Lord, help us. Put your finger on those things. Help us to see the keys to release those areas, surrender those areas, find mastery and victory in those areas so that we can be the kings and priests you called us to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So, so good. Thanks so much again, guys. That was absolutely awesome. Come on. Woohoo! Come on. Exciting times. Really, really is. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We look forward to seeing you guys, some of you guys on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, oh, I'm sorry, on Sunday morning, some of you guys on Sunday afternoon, and some of you guys next Tuesday. Be blessed, have a wonderful drive home, and we look forward to seeing you really soon. Amen.